Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 187, Is Your Airport Aviation Friendly? Coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. You know, as many of you know, recently we moved to Lakeland, Florida. The move has been a tremendous boost to our business and to this podcast. You know, we really love being in Lakeland and close to the many aviation venues and events in Central Florida. You know, since I've been between airplanes, I decided to try and find somewhere local where I can kind of hang out, rent airplanes, maybe join a flying club, or just simply hang or fly. And you would think the logical choice, of course, is to start at the airport that's only two miles from my house. So I decided to walk out my front door and head out to the airport. And it was interesting. I looked skyward, and of course, I heard the drone of an airplane and got louder and louder and started going away towards the airport. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to go to the airport and check out where I can find a flight school. I was awesome. It was just, I was very, very excited to do it. You know, in my way there, I'm driving in the car, of course, uh, wasn't paying attention much to the traffic, but I, I had memories, you know, of my childhood airport. When I was a little kid, I'd be perched next to the runway, you know, with my fingers entwined in the chain link fence, looking in awe at the fly machines that went by. Well, similar to this day at the airport, my fingers, well, they were clenched to the chain link fence, but in a disappointed and somewhat desperate grip. You know, I discovered I moved next to an airport that was not what I envisioned as a general aviation-friendly airport. Well, maybe I was just expecting too much, but uh, maybe I should have done my research, but maybe I needed to find a new, friendlier airport. But that led me to thinking about my dilemma, and I thought I'd ask our co-host and you, the listener, if I'm being too tough on my local airport. Also, I was wondering, you know, what really is a general aviation friendly airport well joining me tonight to talk about that topic is victoria nuvel and tom frick hey guys uh, welcome to the podcast this evening hey Hi, there Cole. well it's just the three of us which is kind of cool that we have and it's also uh neat that the two of them are very involved and right next to a general aviation airport i'm sure you have a lot of input to this let's do the pre-flight I know, Victoria, you've been doing a lot of flying and following all your uh, really cool adventures uh, out there at the airport. What have you been flying lately? Um, mostly the decathlon and then uh, got, we always make the joke, I got a, a tri-gear current the other day. <laughs> I flew a Cessna 172 <laughs> for the first time in 10 months, so um, that was awesome. And then uh, just the other night, I went up in an RV8 with a friend. So Wait, cool. I didn't get to land it or anything, but that is a fun and fast plane. Fun and fast. That's, uh, RV owners love that. I mean, just for flying around the country and also just fun in general. Aerobatic, it's, it's a blast. RV8, I haven't actually flown in one, but I hear it's a blast. That's for sure. 
Tom, what have you been flying lately? Well, just the same mix of stuff. Cessnas, Pipers, Cirrus. Um, yeah. I think I have access to 17 airplanes that I'm flying right now. So the reason I asked you guys this question is I'm getting kind of jealous here because, you know, I'm, I'm out at the airport thinking I'm just going to run up to an uh, FBO and say, hey, can I go rent that airplane and go flying and somebody, you know, an instructor come with me and... I realized that really didn't happen to me. And uh, you two live near what I envision as a general aviation-friendly airport. And I really, I said to myself, you know what? I need to find something that is more general aviation-friendly. I thought that where I was here in Lakeland was like that. Um, I'm probably going to get some hate mail uh, from some people about that saying, oh, no, it is general aviation-friendly. They have a huge event every year. Well, to me, that means something different. We're going to get a little bit into that uh, and talk a little bit about what we all think is that general aviation-friendly airport. You know, are, do you live and are you flying out of a general aviation-friendly airport or even an aviation-friendly airport? But before we get started, a quick uh, shout-out to our sponsors, uh, AviationCareersPodcast.com, the sponsor of this show. They have scholarships, career coaching, and interview preparation. As a matter of fact, I was doing some career coaching uh, just before the podcast, uh, getting somebody ready to change careers uh, at 57 years old going back into aviation. That is so cool to get people back into flying again. I'm very excited about that. Also, uh, one thing, uh, we have an announcement, I guess, uh, when you're listening to this on the 1st, there is a fly-in October 5th through the 6th. It's in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, right there near Southern Illinois University, and I think that's where their aviation department is, actually, at the airport in Carbondale, and that's actually going to be a cool fly-in, just like all the fly-ins, I should say. They have all sorts of neat events and activities. You can learn from different pilots about, you know, workshops about, you know, working on your airplane, rusty pilot seminars. Uh, for both the person that hasn't flown in a while or the person that hasn't flown a general aviation aircraft in a while, like myself. So they also have, like, all these pilot town hall meetings. And, you know, we've been to a bunch of them last year. We went to, I think, every one of them this year. We haven't been able to make it to all of them, but we're hoping to make two of them. We'll see about Carbondale. I don't think I'm going to make it up to that, but uh, definitely Gulf Shores. And uh, maybe I think that might be the last one. I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that. I'll have to look that up. But uh, definitely check it out at AOPA. I have a link in the show notes. And that's where you can check out the links to all the other things we have in the show notes. Now entering cruise flight. We're moving on to a cruise flight and what we just talked about. You know, being an aviation-friendly airport, specifically a general aviation-friendly airport. So... In general, I'm trying to figure out in my mind, because we all have this vision as to what a general aviation airport is and what a friendly general aviation airport is. And for me, I think it goes back to as a child sitting at Somerset Airport, Somerset Hills Airport, I, I, correction, and just hanging out next to the, my, and this is just my vision, the, the soda machine that you pulled the bottles out of after you put the nickel in and you got your soda or a dime or quarter, whatever it is, and then uh, now it's like a dollar fifty. But that's that's what I envision: is sitting there having a soda and just talking to people, old time pilots, new pilots, all sorts of enthusiasts about flying, and watching the planes just take off and land, and and having that community. And I kind of wanted a place that you know I would enjoy with other like minded people, and those are aviators, other people like that. So. So I wanted to come up with this list as to things that I think 
uh, would be on that list as far as what a friendly general aviation airport is. So I think that's kind of, I know it's simple, but for me, number one on my list is, you know, places that I can really enjoy watching planes with other like-minded people or another community out there. That's for me, that was like number one on my list. I really want, I don't want to be just alone sitting there looking at the planes. I want to talk to people and listen to their experiences and share my experiences with them and have, have this common bond, you know, especially with all those other people that are out there that are come from all these different walks of life that love aviation. So in my soda machine, by the way, that is actually an important thing too. I like to have the ability to, to hydrate and that type of thing. So I was wondering, you know, that's way up on my list and I know it sounds weird, but it just seems like that's what I do a lot. I go to airports and I sit there and I look at airplanes and stare so, Victoria, I was wondering, you know, what is there something that's kind of like on the top of your list as far as what a, a friendly general aviation airport is? Yeah, well, there's defining friendly at an airport. I think it's twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that initial when you're a stranger to the airport, maybe just learning to fly, picking out a flight school. That's one aspect of it. Do you come in there? Do you feel welcome? Do they give you a tour? Do they show you around? Do you make friends while you're there? Or is it just like my initial experience was you just go take a lesson and you leave. And that's all that the airport is to you where you go and take a lesson and you go home. You don't find that community. And that was probably my fault back in the day because I didn't make friends at my first home airport until just before I moved away. Um, just kind of came out of my shell. Believe it or not, I used to be shy. Um, I can't believe that. And, <laughs> and now, like, you know, once you get to know people, they'll introduce you to other pilots. If one thing pilots do is talk, you know, and they love to share their enthusiasm with others. So once you know one pilot at an airport, get the end with one friend, then other ones will introduce you. And sure enough, you know, someone will be walking by the hangar and introduce themselves or you'll walk by their hangar and be hey what kind of airplane is that how long have you been here and you chat and that's when you form the community and kind of like a home and then sure enough the airport which in your case right now in Lakeland it might not feel like a GA friendly airport until you find that community and find that welcoming little intro you got to find your in yeah and that actually is interesting you mentioned that because it seemed like there's a lot of airports that have different cliques and some uh you know groups of people that it can be tough to get into i'll give you an example um it was albert witted airport and i actually used to keep my plane there every so often and that's over there in St. Petersburg. It's really cool. It's right next to this pier, and it's there's a restaurant in the airport and everything. But I found that I didn't. I was trying hard just to run around and find out how I could get into the crowd, into that aviation group and that community. And some seemed tougher than others. I was able to do it there by the fact that I knew one person, and that one person was in what's called the coffee club. And they all get up in the morning. They go over there and have coffee at the airport and. A bunch of older aviators, et cetera, and they uh, just talk about airplanes. And I said, that's pretty cool. It was neat. I felt like I started to become part of that community, but 
other than being the say like a flight instructor at at the airport, I you know, it, it seemed it was different for me because like when you're the flight instructor, you're already part of that community and people are coming to you. But reaching out, I mean, that's that's something that I think that is important. Um, and one other thing too is that you have to have a place to go to. I think and to commune with other people to be able to reach out. And I think we've kind of lost that at the airport I'm at now. Uh, in Lakeland, and I actually have, I went out today, did a lot of research on it, uh, because we're going to talk about this tonight, and one of the people that runs the FBO has said that, they're really, um, and he mentioned the fact that there's no place to really rent an airplane, there's no real flight school for the general public, because we've come to be more like what you were saying, where you, you know, there's schools, you go in, you do your flight training, and you leave. Our, uh, most of our flight schools at the airport are shut down on the weekends, and that's total opposite of, of what I consider a GA airport. It's become much more of an airport that's full of schools um, that are more towards the collegiate and that type of thing, the, the academies. But maybe you're right. I mean, Victoria, maybe I need to start getting to be part of that group. But it really, I haven't found it yet. And and maybe part of it is that airports have more fences. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, so maybe part of it is my fault, not trying to get out there and, and, and be part of that community. But um, also there's a maybe symptomatic, you know, of the, a bigger issue possibly where you don't see as many local friendly general aviation airports where they turn into something else. I'll, I'll give you one more example before we ask Tom, you know, you know, what is his number one choice as far as friendly airports. But I remember Teterboro Airport. I used to go there and hang out and hang out in the FBO at the flight school, go flying, go up the Hudson River and stuff like that, that actually has changed. And maybe when I look at that airport, I think of those times, and maybe I just need to realize, hey, sometimes airports do change, and maybe it's time to move to another airport. I'm not sure if that's ha- that that has happened where I am now, uh, but it seems like that has partially happened, but I think the tide can change. Uh, so... So, Victoria, that's a, some some kind of a, a good advice, and maybe it's what I need to do is be more introspective there. So, Tom, now I mentioned you. What what do you what's on your list as far as like what the number one thing is as far as a general aviation airport that's friendly? Um, yeah, I agree with Victoria wholeheartedly. I mean, thinking back on the beginning of my aviation experience, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I went in wanting to learn how to fly airplanes, it was news to me, if you will, that, that, um, there was an aviation community that, that, um, you know, spent time together and did different things and exchanged ideas and, and found out ways to get instruction and figured out ways to advance in aviation. You know, um, it took me a while to figure that out. It wasn't anything that I, um, walked into this with knowledge of, but once I did discover that, you know, I mean, I too, at one point was pretty shy and reserved. I know that's hard to believe. Um, it was a long time ago in a land far away, but, um, you know, I, I learned, I learned how to, um, connect with people and, and just start learning about it. And, you know, actually that's how you and I met Carl, you know, I mean, that's you right. gave a presentation that I happened to show up that one night. And, um, as soon as the presentation was over, I took a chance and 
you know, went up and put my hand out and said, hi, my name's Tom. And we got to talking and, and, you know, I, I, I like to think we've been friends ever since, you know, and it, it's, it's been awesome. And, and that was part of that. It was, um, being a little bit assertive to go out and find ways. So, you know, my, you know, the thing that I see in a, a general aviation community type airport is, you know, things like you were mentioning a decent soda machine, a place to sit down, you know, maybe a, a coffee machine, you know, the, the place where, I work now is, has got a really cool aviation community, and, and that's one of the things. You know, the, the the city of Clearwater actually provides coffee, and we have a little break room, and um, the coffee pot's full all the time. And, um, you know, it, it, we have a place where um, pilots can exchange ideas. Um, we have this table in the middle of the middle of the FBO, um, you know, it's uh, leveling called the table of knowledge. And, and I'm telling you, there's, you know, pilots that will come in and, and they might come in in the morning and grab a, a breakfast sandwich on the way over to the airport and grab a cup of coffee and sit down. And next thing you know, there's four or five of them sitting there and they're telling stories and asking questions. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of cool to overhear some of the conversations, but it's a very welcoming um, area for to exchange ideas about flying you know hey i did this i went there i did this check this out wonder what this is all about and, and all of those questions that fly around and um you know i think us getting the word out that those type of communities exist is is um you know what we're trying to do here and i think that's an important part of it it really is up to us because it's all about you know that community and making someone feel welcome and if we can do that just by saying a hello or organizing like the coffee nights, um, a great example is Bravo flight training is a flight school over at our airport. Um, she started out with one airplane and now they have nine aircraft and are adding another, but what sets um, Bravo flight training aside from all the other like flight schools on our field is the fact that they have a huge sense of this community and do events together on a regular basis. So once a month, all the planes will be booked out for a flyout. This weekend, they're flying to an airport to go camping together. Um, every few months, we do Aviation Jeopardy. And oh my gosh, that is a blast. And that's where you get to meet new people. There'll be students, there'll be flight instructors, there'll be ATPs, young, old, you name it. And... Um, all because of this flight school wanted to create that community. All the flight instructors are friends and hang out after after school and after, you know, instructing. And all the students go and hang out with the flight instructors. And it's because these people are making the airport friendly just by doing these activities and sharing their passion with others and inviting everyone to join them. So I'm thinking what I need to do is start doing that. Maybe start inviting people out for different events and uh, just get together for coffee. One of the things I've noticed, though, the two of you said, it seems, Tom, of course, the airport you're in and the FBO you're in is just amazing. It's such a cool place. You can sit outside. I feel like I'm on my own back porch when I'm sitting there at your flight school. And that is just amazing, just sitting there watching planes go by and feeling so relaxed. And like what you're saying, Victoria, it seems like there's this physical location where people can come and talk, and it's welcoming. It's the people is number one. I'm hearing that a lot. It's the people that are bringing it in and making it happen. Uh, but there also has to be a place. So it's a people in place, and they got to be put together. Um, and that's actually what I've been finding as a challenge. I don't have that challenge at some of the other airports, but 
But maybe what I need to do is start taking, you know, the initiative myself and say, hey, wait a minute, let's start having people come here. Um, I did that just recently and, uh, and it worked. You know, I had people actually come here and I've, you know, I'm, I'm here at the airport and these people are, you know, communing together. So I think that's, that's really, really cool. Uh, but not, not an area where just anybody off the street can come by. And I think that's kind of what's important about what you two were mentioning is it seems like they bring people from all walks of life in the door to come see us. And that's uh, definitely a friendly uh, place. So what is really nice is we have actual places. Like, I don't know um, if you have like a, a empty office or a big hangar people can come to. We're lucky enough to have AOPA has, the National Aviation Community Center. And then we also have like the end of this one hangar row has like a bathroom and a little meeting room. And we also have a restaurant on the field. So those give us places to actually meet where some airports might not have something like that unless someone offers up their own personal hangar. You know, it's interesting you said that because one of the things that I can do, and I, I think I need to start talking to the airport about this, is just having something like that here. And uh, I'm sure they'd be willing to do something along those lines and just have a place where we all can kind of hang out. Um, because I, one of the complaints from all the people around here is the fact that we really don't have a place to rent airplanes and just for regular people to come off the street and hang out. Whereas, like, I go to air, the two other airports near me, and there is that spot where there's a table. A table seems to be important. Chairs, you know, be able to kind of commune there. A break room with coffee, soda, those type of things. I see that at some of my favorite airports. I'll give you some of my favorite. Winter Haven Airport. That's a cool spot. Uh, you know, Bartos another one. Sebring's another one where you have those opportunities to, to come in. So what we need to do is get to, get a flight school to agree to come in here, first of all, maybe. Um, but, but who knows, you know, we'd kind of go from there, but, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to move forward with that. Um, one of the things though, you know, I keep talking about that and, and I really find that if you don't have a local flight school teaching locals how to fly small general aviation aircraft, it might not become quite as friendly. Uh, but also, you know, with you, you're lucky to have AOPA there. Uh, start having you know the, the little events you know where we've talked about doing that I've been in places and said hey come meet me well well might as well uh, just go ahead and, and do that again that's for sure you know uh, so we uh, you know just need to start bringing people back that, and that's that's what I needed to start doing so with those events maybe we need to or maybe I need to start having events for certain small airplane pilots and you know, I know we have the FAA safety seminars, but it seems uh, those are specific people come out and they kind of leave. I think that's what you were doing, Victoria. We want them to kind of stay and and hang out. Uh, what kind of suggestions would you might might you have for something like that? Maybe uh, you know an impromptu seminar that has nothing to do with getting your wings, possibly. Yeah, something fun like the the Jeopardy always brings out people, and do you know what also brings people to the airport? Food, food, um, <laughs> <laughs> or a simple movie night. Um, I had a friend who opened up her hangar to family and friends, and we put a projector inside there, and we watched Airplane at the airport. So, um, you know, Facebook and social media is a really great venue to kind of get the word out. 
where if you have a few friends at that airport, they can invite others. And before you know it, you might have 10 to 20 people um, each bringing a dish to pass and just chilling at the hangar and talking. That's a that's a cool idea, and maybe we can get the get it out and say, "Hey, come join us, uh, the folks here at Stuck Mike and and other folks from the podcast." Uh, like I said, being here in in Lakeland has been wonderful. I mean, like I said, people come drive or fly in to see me now, whereas I never had that opportunity before. Uh, so that's that's a cool idea. Maybe uh, a movie night, like you said, I could put it on a projector. I have a projector. Do something along those lines. Maybe do a free seminar on you know what a cruise clearance is or something like that. But uh, those are cool ideas. How about Tom? Do you have any ideas? Maybe that we could bring some folks in. Sure, and and a lot of things that Victoria's talking about is awesome. Um, you know, uh, we've we've done events before. Um, food obviously is the the one draw that usually brings in a whole bunch of people. It doesn't need to be over the top. It can be, you know, just hamburgers, hot dogs, some salads and sodas, and and that usually brings plenty of people around. Um, but even those things cost money, you know. So um, we've found that um, a lot of the well, several of the airplane manufacturers, um, you know, most of the common ones, uh, their sales teams are more than willing to work with you. You know, um, if you have, you know, a known crowd of people that are that are going to come out, they're willing to park airplanes out there and put on their own little seminars. And usually the the uh, combination of food and airplanes, especially new ones in, in the same place, has a tendency to draw lots of pilots. And, and they come out and they want to ask questions and they want to check things out. And, you know, we've done some creative things, too, to help, um, you know, get people out. We, we had one event. We uh, um, brought some planes in and, and had some food. But, um, you know, we kind of advertised this um, paper airplane building contest. And, man, that just brought a whole bunch of people out of the woodwork. And, I mean, people got excited. It was really cool. I mean, we weren't flying airplanes, but we were, you know. And it, the, the culmination of the event was getting out and standing on a line, and everybody launched their airplanes to see how far they would fly. And some of them did immediate nosedives, and some of them just floated on forever. It was really, really cool. And some of the creativity that came out in people. So, you know, just coming up with fun stuff. That is awesome. I, I love that idea. The paper airplane contest. I think we need to start one here. And, you know, they have other con- like things like building model rockets. I don't know if people do that as much. Flying drones, all sorts of cool stuff like that. Although the drones may not go up because we're in a certain airspace. But that's a different story. Sure. So, but it, what, what it ultimately did was like did like you were trying talking before about just creating a community atmosphere. You know, this brought people out and, and just got them talking. You know, it's amazing the conversations will strike up over a, over a weenie sitting out in, next to a runway. It it's, uh, was a lot of fun. So, so this brings this question, what about the venue itself or, or the type of airport? So what I'm trying to say is you did those things, say at Clearwater Air Park, which is cool and very relaxed atmosphere, lots of fun. How about compare that to an event at PIE or St. Pete Clearwater International Airport where actually airliners fly into, but they also do flight training. Do you think that that could actually work there also? It can, and we did do events there. Um, you know, we have we have a flight school, and we have our own hangar, which you know it's on a ramp. So, I mean, it's a, yeah, it is. It's a busy airport, and it's it's not as picturesque as the air park, but um, it it um, you know it's an airport. So there was airplanes there, and and um, we had an area to meet. You know, like Victoria was talking about. You know, all of the nice amenities that they have there that AOPA has put out. You know, a lot of places, unless you somebody offers up a hangar it's kind of hard to find places, you know, um, um, 
I've, I've been at a, been a couple places that, you know, have small FBOs, but have like a little piece of property and lawn outside and they'll pitch a few of those, um, shade tents up there and, and make it work. You know, so it, it's really using the facilities that you have to your advantage. You know, we, we have that, I have the ability to do that. I'm just trying to see, you know, what a sustainable model would be. I think, being sustainable also means that whoever is there needs to be welcoming. So, for instance, if you have something in conjunction with a flight school, they have to be very, very welcoming. And here's a good example. And my, unfortunately, you know, the first impressions last forever. And I, I took my wife and I went on a tour of all the airports, and we decided to see how many airports we could drive to in the local area. Not fly to, but drive to. And we went to four different airports, actually five different airports, and there's one airport that sticks out in her head. She liked all the Winter Haven, great, you know, uh, and also we went down to Bartow. She loved Bartow. Lake Wales, though, unfortunately, we went to a specific place. I'm not going to name them, of course. And we went in there, and the person really wasn't friendly. And it was almost as if, you know, I really don't want to talk to you unless you're going to buy something from me. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm busy doing something else. It's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's interested in possibly flying here. And now it's like, yeah, no, goodbye. And I didn't realize that it's not the airport. It just happened to be that, that FBO or that, that facility. And the other facility we didn't go to because my wife's like, I want to leave. And I was like, really? And she says, yeah. And every time we drive by there, because it's on the road and we drive by it to go to the east coast she says oh that's the unfriendly airport and i said oh my gosh it isn't an unfriendly airport we just happened to meet the one unfriendly person but look what just happened uh look at the impact that one person had on on my wife now she's not going back there and i can't convince her to change her mind on that one so one of the things i think we might want to do is start with the people that are working at the airport also i'm sure tom where you are and Victoria, where you are, there are some, hopefully, some training. I, was, I shouldn't say that. Hopefully, there's some training that's going on with the people that actually work behind the counter. I know AOPA's talked about this and, and you know, marketing, and they have some flight school brochures, et cetera, and, and newsletters. Um, but one of the things that I think we could do better, a, a better job of, is when someone comes into our facility, what do we do? You know, how do we greet them? And I think that first few seconds, you know, you have them, you have them a hello. So, Tom, uh, describe, you know, what is it that you folks do? Do you train them to say, hey, wait, you know, come on in, you're welcome. Uh, Someone's out flying right now, but they'd love to talk to you, have a seat, have a cup of coffee. Is that what you do? Absolutely. And, and, you know, they try to, you know, we have lots of stuff going on in the flight school I'm at. We have, um, you know, aircraft training. We have helicopter training. We do tours. So um, somebody that just happens to walk into the airport and up to the counter um, generally has some type of question and, and they immediately, you know, what can we do for you? How, how can we help you? Where, which way can we direct you? And, and um, you know, they try to make that happen. If um, somebody just walks in and says, you know, I've always thought about maybe trying to fly, you know, they're, they're trying to set them up for an introductory flight immediately and say, well, let's get you in an airplane and see if you like it first and then we'll talk from there. And then, you know, there's information presented to them, you know, and then, like you said, give them a tour of the facilities. What do we have here? We show them our airplanes, you know, try to make them feel like they belong there right away. You know, and that's that's key to the the business side of it. But it, it's also just 
you know, it's being an ambassador for the aviation community, you know, and, and that's, you know, the three of us, what we're doing tonight is all part of that. You know, it, it, it snowballs into all of that and just being that ambassador and, and um, trying to, um, you know, show the good side of general aviation because there's lots of really good stuff out there. There's lots of really cool people that I've met in this and, and that I continue to meet and, and, and I hope to meet in the future. But Tom, you know, it seems as devil advocate, it seems it's easier for you to say that you 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 obviously are the ambassadors. You're the ones that are teaching the people how to fly. How about those other people out there? You know, there's maintenance shops. There's folks that actually, you know, work on airplanes, avionics. Hey, there's people that even sell insurance. I mean, what what do they do to become ambassadors? I guess Victoria would be the person to ask on that one. Is you know, what is somebody do when they come into your uh, facility or walk in the door? Are they are they also someone that's that's greeted with a smile just like they would at like Tom's flight school? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, look at my experience at Lake Wales. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> going to be a bad apple in every bunch, you know. You you can't control if someone's in a bad mood or just not a social person or they take a while to warm up to you. So, you you can't judge an airport on just one experience, you know. Um but it, I think it's up to the people that are there that really care about aviation to, you know, say hello and smile. It doesn't take much. So to Tom's point about being ambassadors, you folks are in the business of insurance. So you're not really directly involved as much. But I'm I'm wondering what type of things do you folks do to make the environment friendlier or what do you have events? I mean, what what is it that you do? Actually, on Fridays um, throughout the spring and summer, my boss hosts a hangar cookout, and um, it's for current clients, former clients, and friends of his, and some people will just be walking by. They might be new to the airport, just got a hangar, or haven't met us yet, and we'll let anyone come in. It's not you know, an exclusive clients-only event or friends and family-only event. We can, You're welcome to bring friends if someone's taxiing by and just landed they're welcome to join so i think that's something kind of special that um we do because even though we're in aviation insurance and at the airport we're a lot we're our office is not on the airport grounds so that's how we get to meet our community is through doing that and then of course you know i do the turbo the flying dog events and stuff like that so i get to meet a lot of new people when i go around to different airports and have a turbo there with the books so when someone, like you said, you're not on the airport, but you do have a, a somewhat of a presence there, obviously, and you don't really need to have that presence if you develop a relationship with somebody that does. The thing that I think would be important, and I have found, you know, working with nonprofits is there, ha- there must be some type of benefit to the individual that has that facility, hangar, whatever it may be. And it may not be financial, you know, obviously hosting an event in the hangar of a maintenance shop who has a representative there and talks to people, says, yeah, we're having a cookout, come on by. But it also might be just they want to actually get more people in aviation in general, or they find that this is something that they can do to give back to the community. If you show that this does affect the community in a positive manner. So there's two things. It could affect the community. It also could affect their business. And one of the things that I you do the cookouts, and honestly, I think that's really awesome and a great idea. 
you know, I was very much into motorhomes and RVing and stuff like that. You know, the RVs on the road, not in the airplane. But I actually used to go to this one shop, and they're the largest in the country, and they would give out hot dogs every day. People would just show up for the hot dogs, and then every so often they buy an RV, and they would make up for all the hot dogs they, they gave away that month. So that's kind of a way I think we can approach a business and say, hey, listen, this is good for your business because it brings the aviation community together. And it also, they don't have to be directly involved in the aviation community because we're all somewhat involved in it. You know, there's someone that knows somebody that has an airplane, that type of thing. And we can actually bring them in and, and say, hey, listen, you know, we just want your friends to know that this airport's here and we'd love to have you come in and fly into our airport just to make it a little bit friendlier. Maybe um, I'm as far as the friendliness part of the airport, maybe I'm trying to make this fantasy friendly airport a reality, but why not? You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in following your dream. And I think all of us are. So why can't we do that? And, and how do we change that direction? I think that's what we're trying to do here is come up with these ideas on, on the friendly, how to make your airport friendly, more aviation friendly. And, and not only that, I think the big takeaway for, for me, especially you know, from this conversation, is what is it I can do to make a difference? You know, what, what can I do to change that? and make this a more friendly airport. And I think Victoria and Tom, I think you've, you've convinced me of that. We need, to, we need to do more. So you all can come to my house and we'll have a cookout at the airport. How's that sound? I am in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what, what living in an aviation community is all about. I mean, it's really you know communing with all these other folks that are here. What's really cool, too, is that I'm in a community that's full of manufacturing and distribution that are a part of this airport. And they even tell me how important that airport is to them. People that need parts and they need it right away. You know, it's more the commercial side, but they rely on that airport. Uh, you know, people that are being flown out for medical purposes. Uh, obviously, this has a real impact here too. Is that you know NOAA has their their hurricane hunters here, and uh, it's it becomes this conversation of you know why this is such an important piece of our community. You know what's interesting too is that. Many of us live in communities that aren't that are that have airports, and many of them are not into aviation at all, and have no idea what goes on over there at the airport. One of the biggest eye openers for me moving into Lakeland is they have this big event, Sun and Fun, every year, and there's a lot of people in the town that don't really know much about it. Now that's a testament to how friendly they are at the airport to the community as far as not being noisy and flying properly and not flying over really areas that are noise sensitive. But also, you know, how much outreach is there locally? Uh, I know it's a big national and international event. So maybe we need to do a better job doing that and start reaching out to the local areas. Uh, not necessarily picking on Sun and Fun, but I mean, just in general uh, with the airport here. And I'm using Lakeland as an example. Hopefully the people in Lakeland won't hate me for saying all this. This is just one example. This is can be reiterated throughout the country. And I do know that one of the things that we, we do have to continue to try to do better is to reach out to those new pilots, new aviators. And they may not be people that want to get into aviation in the sense that we have. They may not want to become flight instructors. They might not want to become a commercial airline pilot. They might want to someday fix the airplane or someday design the airplane, but they're just fascinated by, by those aircraft and watching those aircraft. And those are the people 
that are going to bring people to aviation. You know, my, my grandfather and my father loved to go down to the airport and, and watch the airplanes take off and land, and they had no interest in aviation. But then look what happened. You know, their, their grandson, their son decided, hey, I want to go fly one of those things. And that's where it all started for me. And, and that's where it starts for many people is their parents bringing them to a place and their friends bringing them, them to a place and fantasizing about what it is they could do in the, in the sky or, or whatever it is they're, they're watching. And that's how, how folks become more involved is by exposure. And I think that's really, really important. Wow, guys, this is, there's a lot of really good suggestions we've had here. Um, and there's, and this is a tough, tough topic because it also brings up some emotions. Like I know there's going to be some people say to me, Hey, listen, you know, this, our airport's really is friendly and this is why. Um, and then they'll say, well, no, that airport you just mentioned is not, and they'll give reasons why not, but maybe we should start, you know, looking inward, like Victoria said, and see what we can do to change that. Um, and I think that's really important. Really, really is. So any other takeaways before we get into our picks this week, uh, Victoria or Tom, is there anything else you want to add to this list that we have, or just, you know, maybe Tom in general, I'll let you start as far as, you know, what you would suggest someone if they're looking for a, a friendly general aviation airport and, and what they, how they could judge that as they're walking towards the airport? Um, I don't know that it can always be a, a sight thing. You know, it's, it's take the time, you know, look around. If, if there's an airport, there's probably pilots around. And if there's pilots around, there's probably somebody who wants to talk about aviation. It, it's, it's as simple as that, I believe. And, and it's just taking the time and, and just being assertive enough to find out where that community is because there probably is one you know um you know people with similar airplanes like to stay together and, and like to share ideas and and swap ideas on how to maintain their planes and how to fly them and how to get the best accessories for them and and you know how to insure them and and all the topics that come up with with owning an airplane um on my field there's a whole entire row of hangars you guys were talking about rvs earlier um it's called rv alley the whole, the whole entire row of hangars is nothing but rvs and these guys they get together and they shoot the breeze and they have one hangar where they've got their own little office down there and it's, it's just kind of a cool little sub community that they have but they're willing to share with anybody i mean if you walk up to these guys they're like hey come on in have a, you know what are you doing and and, and they'll just They'll show you their planes all day long, and it's kind of cool. So you can find that. So uh, it, instead of just, you know, sometimes airports look uh, like not much is happening there, and you, you walk out, and it's like it looks desolate, and you got all these ugly-looking metal rooms that they store airplanes in and not a lot going on. But if you take the time, I'm sure that you can find it. And, and that's where the key is, is, is taking the time to find it. Tom, I love that word you used. There's a lot of little sub-communities, and just taking the time to find those things is really important. So uh, then that's what I'm going to do, too. So, Victoria, is there something that you, like when you're, I know you travel and looking at an airport, is there something that, that kind of catches your eye or, or really would be your definition of a friendly airport? Yeah, actually, I, um, you know, I have to do kind of business calls sometimes, and I'll cold call an airport if I'm traveling through a town I'll stop by the local airport and stop in the FBO and I'll just walk in and say hey how's your day going you know what kind of planes do you have here has it been busy and just strike up a conversation with the person behind the counter and you know it's 50-50 whether they're like why the hell are you here <laughs> get, get to the bottom of it what, what do you want but then most the others you know they'll have a conversation because they're excited to talk about 
what their school or FBO offers, what kind of airplanes are coming in and out. And that's how I kind of get the feel for, you know, kind of if I do my sales pitch eventually. Um, but that's how I meet new friends and get to know people at the airports by just going in and asking them questions. So, but you do have to kind of come out of your shell and out of your comfort zone. Um, but I've heard from when I was at Oshkosh, I heard, I talked to several uh, female pilots that were just raving about their airport and how involved they are and how helpful and kind the people are. So I'd really love to hear from our listeners if they share like their airport identifier and what's like regular events they do or um, what makes their airport special and why I should go visit it. So what does make your airport special? That's a great question, Victoria. Let's let's uh, have people write in and, and share that identifier with us and maybe take a picture of yourself at the airport and don't forget the hashtag stuck Mike selfie yes. and uh, place it out there on the on the Facebook page because really I think my view when I'm walking up to an airport is you know figuring out if it's going to be a friendly airport is usually is there activity? Is there somebody I can talk to? But I think the big thing that both of you said is don't be afraid to ask questions and, and you know, just say, hey, what kind of airplane is that? And that type of thing. And I do that all the time. I'll walk up and I say, hey, you know, is that airplane? What year is that over there? And, uh, you know, what kind of engine does that have in it? And it usually strikes up a conversation. I'll say, oh, no, you know, this is this is uh, not what you thought it was. It's something else. Like, oh, really? And there it goes from there. Uh, so, Maybe that's what we need to do. Uh, I will say one thing that there are airports, and I'm not letting our local airport off the hook, that aren't really that general aviation friendly. And uh, I'm I'm using it as an example because of the fact that I've been hearing that over and over. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Uh, I'm hearing that, but what can I do to change it? And that's also another thing. You know, First of all, what makes your airport special? But also, what are you going to do? to maybe make it friendlier. It might be really friendly now, but let's make it even friendlier. And if it's not friendly at all, how can you change that? And what is it you can do? Because it's really, it's the members that are really important and drive this. I know AOPA was a, a really large organization, but uh, Mark Baker said it right. You know, it's it's the members that drive this organization. It's the members that are the most important. And, and he'll always say that, and so will all the other folks there. It truly is us, the members of this flying community that are so important to make this uh, our our fun and friendly environment that we want it to be and and just get out there and and don't scare people off. you know, bring them in and say hi to them and just talk to them and uh, and I think just being humble is is really, really important. but so tell me what 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 really does make your airport special and gives the identifier. I really want to hear and Victoria, that was an awesome idea. I really want to see what what the difference is in a friendly airport, and uh, maybe we should put a directory of the friendliest airports out there. How's that sound? There uh, we go. Yeah, we'll just we'll just put them up on the website there. I'll try to get a tab and see what people think because I know there's awards out there for flight schools and things like that, but I think the friendliest airport is really important. Fun places to fly, by the way, has some really good directory directories of where you can go to do stuff. Um, but I want everybody inclusive, you know. I want the people not just flying, but the ones that drive drive in. Uh, and I, and also one more thing that really got me excited about this topic was being in the FBO today. I have now that I'm here in Lakeland, you know, I do a lot of this career coaching. I have clients that fly in to the airport, and I have clients that come in to the door from the actual parking lot. So they're either parking their plane or parking their car. 
And one of the things I, I did is I sat there and watched uh, this FBO. Maybe I can just do a shout out. That was Shelter Aviation at Lakeland. One thing that I, I loved was the fact that they trained their people so well to be so inviting to everybody that came in, whether they're walking off the, the Gulf Stream that was sitting out front or they're walking out of the Toyota out the back. They treated everybody the same. We're very welcoming, and that's what we need to do is use that as an example. And my hat's off to, to Andy Castro, who actually runs that place, for doing that. And that's my example of what I could maybe do better is be more inviting by just sitting out there and say, hey, come check out the airplanes, just like at your airport. So, yeah, write us and let us know. Anyway, that's it for the, this conversation. I know there's like 5,000 more things we can say is my favorite thing as far as an airport-friendly or my most friendly airport, or what I think is uh, the criteria for what's the most friendly airport, love to hear from you. So make sure you go to stuckmikeavcast.com and uh, just click on contact and send us you know, what you think is, is a friendly airport. Our Picks of the Week. Anyway, let's move on to the Picks of the Week. Um, so we will start with uh, Tom. What is your Pick of the Week? Yeah, so I was thinking of something after looking at tonight's topic, and it reminded me of a, um, a directory. This is put out by the state of Florida, uh, the Florida Department of Transportation, and it's a Florida aviation directory. There's two pieces to it. There's the directory itself, which lists just about every airport in the state. It gives you pertinent information about that airport, um, frequencies, things like that, and, and an aerial view of it. Um, and then the other one is a, um, it's a Florida, it, it's almost like a sectional chart. It, it's basically the entire state put together um, with all the airports listed on it. Um, the Florida Department of Transportation used to publish these. They actually printed them and you could get them for free at all the different FBOs. They used to distribute them all over the state. And Carl, if you look at this, I'm pretty sure you've seen them before that you being a uh, Florida resident. But <laughs> as I was thinking of this, you know, uh, you know, they don't publish it anymore. There's, the state lost funding to actually um, print the uh, directory anymore, but they still produce it. And uh, the 2017 version is up on the site right now. And I bring it up as we were having this conversation tonight that this is what they do here in Florida. Um, you know, as uh, any of the listeners are out there listening to this, maybe their state or, or some entity in their area is doing something similar and, and to try to find that type of information and, and what you could possibly get in that area. So check it out. Well, Tom, now I know why I, I can't find the directory anymore. I, I feel embarrassed now. I was like, going to say, well, where can I get it? It's online. Yeah. They don't print it anymore. So, yeah, they showed up at the at the air shows. They were actually at um, Sun and Fun two years ago and had a booth. Basically, um, they had a petition there trying to get pilots to sign up to, to petition to the state that they would keep printing it because uh, their funding was coming to an end and they wanted to get refunded to do it. And I don't think that it passed. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, hopefully we'll see it printed again. I get it. It's an expensive directory. It was wonderful. Enjoyed it. But now I know where to find it. It's online, and I can put it on my tablet right next to Flight. So uh, that, that'll work for me. Appreciate that, Tom. That was an awesome uh, pick of the, of the week. Thanks so much. Uh, Victoria, what is your pick of the week? Mine is uh, some shameless advertising. Uh, at uh, my company, Aviation Insurance Resources, we just started insuring hot air balloons. So I just wanted to let everyone know about that, that that is a market we are in now. Um, you can go to air-pros.com slash LTA for lighter than air. And um, uh, Patrick Smith, who was on one of our 
original episodes, the very first year Stuck Mike came out. He's a hot air balloon pilot and he works with me. He's running that. So um, if you want to get your hot air balloon insurance from a hot air balloon pilot, check out our website. Awesome. And uh, we all love hot air balloons and watching them go up. And we're glad you're doing that. So I'll definitely check that out. I think that's a, I think everybody should too, especially since uh, I just, the pictures of hot air balloons always get us excited. That's for sure. Anyway, so you can find that on the show notes here. My pick of the week, actually, I guess might even be a shameful, shameless, I should say, shameless plug, not shameful, is uh, the Polk State Flight Team. I actually put a website together recently. Uh, of the Polk State Flight Team, and there's a picture on there with all of us standing there. Well, I should say all the team members standing there in their uniforms and all the sponsors on there. I'm bringing that up because our team, if you don't know what a flight team is, it's the collegiate flight teams, and they compete throughout the country, and we do at Polk State, and in many events, both flight and on the ground. And this is the season we start looking for sponsors. You can see that uh, the sponsors on the pictures there on the website, we have some really cool pictures. We're going to continue to put more and more out there from the different competitions. It's so much fun to watch, especially, you know, the, the landing competition. And you see the judges right there. They seem like they're right next to the airplane as it's flaring. But uh, But check that out. It's actually the... Our team is uh, one that has to get all their sponsorships themselves, and we really try to put together a team that can compete on the national level, and we're hoping to make it to the nationals this year. And if you feel like you want to sponsor us, it really does help. These The big help it towards the children and towards the students at the college is the fact that at these competitions, they have people from the airlines, recruiters, that actually invite them in for airline interviews, sometimes at the event, and that's really awesome. Uh, we have people have moved on from those uh, events in the, just the past year, now flying uh, larger jets, which is kind of cool for the for the students at the college. But anything will help. Uh, you can take a look at that website, also on the donation page. Uh, it, you know, any small amount can help. And, of course, if you're a, a business or, or more, they can uh, sponsor a spot on the shirt. You actually get your name on the shirt if you sponsor for more than a certain amount of money. So go check that out. Also check out some of our cool pictures and find out more about what it is to be in a NIFA National Intercollegiate Flight Association event. So that's my pick of the week, Polk State College. Gosh, this is it for the for our episode as far as, you know, is your airport aviation friendly, general aviation friendly especially. So what is what does your airport do that's different? What makes your airport so special? Or possibly, maybe your report isn't so special and it's not very friendly. And what suggestions do you have? But I would love to hear from you. And don't forget, hashtag stuck Mike selfie next to a picture next to, say, airport and airplane uh, at the airport taking off and landing. We'd love to see that and put that on our Facebook page. Well, folks, I really appreciate your listening tonight. And I hope this topic has made you think just like it has made me think about what I can do, what we all can do to make our airports more general aviation friendly we'll talk to you next episode and safe flying you've been listening to the stuck mike abcast members of the stuck mike abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast compensation may be received in the form of but not limited to referral commissions free products or service trials our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show the Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.